I used to think Christianity is the biggest hoax on the face of the planet. It's the biggest, it's the best scam ever. Yeah. I was like, way to go, Jesus, you're the best scammer. I used to go, I wish I could have nailed your boy up myself. I was that guy. You know, I, I think I cracked him up when he saved me because he's like that one, the one that hates me. Hey friends, welcome back to Conversations with Jewish Believers in Jesus. Why are people here in the West so attracted to Eastern philosophy and religion? Well, growing up, I would watch TV programs and movies where the old wise teacher from the East would train and pour his wisdom into the young, arrogant, and foolish guy from the West and turn him into a winner. Now, I don't know about you, but this was really attractive to me. And from a young age, I dreamed of going to the East and being trained in some far off monastery where the old me would be beaten down and the new me would be raised up as something great. Now, this is a very common theme in movies. And I believe this is because it mirrors the biblical story of salvation that our creator left for us and offers to us. Buddhism, for example, offers liberation from attachment or clinging to that which is impermanent and incapable of satisfying with the intention of ending the cycle of death and rebirth, assuming that there is such a thing as reincarnation. This path is expressed through training the mind, moral behavior, and meditation. Now, life is full of suffering and stress, so what an enticing invitation to be free from the suffering of life. I was drawn in for sure, but is this really a way to go, or can it actually be dangerous and illusory? I'll be discussing that and much more with our guest today, Ron Copperman. Ron Copperman is a former practitioner of Zen Buddhism who was miraculously saved by Yeshua. And since putting his faith in Messiah, he spent 12 years as a youth jail minister, nine years leading drug rehabilitation support groups, four years of TV production for his church community, and three years of street outreach. Talk about a changed life. Hey, Ron, thanks for joining us here. Good to be here. Awesome. We spoke before and you shared your journey with me uh, as a Jewish man that went through New Age, occult practices, Eastern mysticism, and you went through all of this to faith in, in, in Jesus Yeshua. And I was amazed at your story. Can you share that story with our audience? Well, uh, from the beginning, my dad uh, from Cleveland, Ohio, Jewish, and my mom, Belgium, from Belgium, um, Catholic. So I was raised in a mixed household before it was common for interfaith marriages. And uh, the neighborhood is predominantly Catholic and Protestant. And, you know, I was the only Jewish kid and we didn't care. You know, we just played baseball. Didn't matter for the most part, except come Christmas time. That's when it broke loose. And my mom wanted to put up Christmas lights and that's when I realized, wow, we're not Catholic. We're not, we're not Jesus. And it was, it was pretty rough. My dad was going to be a rabbi before he became a dentist. Mm. So that lets you know, it was Jewish. Like you would go uh, on the high holidays and I went uh, to Hebrew school and it was just pretty much the Jewish version of Catholicism. You just went because that's what you did. It's community. It was good. And, but when Christmas came around and my mom wanted to put up lights, it was like a hard no. And it was difficult because you're a kid. You're like, all I want to know is when do I get gifts? You know, <laughs> that's, that's all I, you know, that's, so that's when I really understood we were different. I was different. And I had one rabbi. I could remember his name right now. Boy, he was a bear of a man. And were Rosenbaum, maybe I middle of service, if you were talking, he would snap his fingers and they'd look at you. And I'm like, you know, you just didn't miss. But he talked to the kids about God as if he was real. And he told us about Adam and Eve and the chosen people. And I'm like, okay, we're chosen people. We know God. We're we're not better than everyone it's just that he chose us and so that was my identity now going to hebrew school and everything i didn't i learned how to sight read hebrew don't know a lick of it what i'm reading yeah same here okay okay <laughs> meaning that in back in, in in when i was younger yeah okay so 
I go through the process of being bar mitzvahed, and in conjunction with that, now I grew up with people, Sam Rosen and Mrs. Langer, they had numbers on their wrist when I was a kid. I'd look at mm. them and play with them. And I'm like, eh, you know, that's a funny way to make to seven. And there were these people, they would, you know, they were Orthodox. They would have another service next to us. And a lot of them had numbers on their wrists. Some of the mm. kindest people you'd ever want to meet. But when it came to talking about Judaism, it always became about the Nazis. Mm. There was one lady, I forget her name, but we were acting up and she just, we were, I think we were talking about World War II, and she just started crying and shaking. And we're like kids, but we all stopped. We all got quiet and we're like, what's going on here? We don't understand. We, we don't know how to help you. And then she said, you don't understand what they did to us in the camps. And at that moment, I got an understanding. It was like the first echo of a generation that wasn't there, but you get imparted, you know, is the best I can describe it. Like you understand some bad ham, mm-hmm. something you just don't want to deal with. And that's was a lot of my family, friends, and loved ones. And that's what became part of my Jewish identity. And it was Hitler, it was the Nazis, and it was Jesus. Right. And so most Catholic, Protestant, when I was growing up, you didn't care. For me, they knew I was Jewish and they were Catholic or whatever, and that was fine. And then I go to college and for the most part, when I got bar mitzvahed, I just split synagogue. I'm just like, see you, bye. You're finished. Oh, I, I, I just, it was great, you know, good people, good community, but I wanted to find God. Mm. Um, now and you weren't finding him there. Nope. It was, synagogue. it was, there was nothing there emotionally satisfying. There was nothing tangible. There was a craving in my heart. Mm. Now, before we go on to the story, because it, this it's going to get interesting. When I was a kid, I will say I was always happy. There was a, a happiness in me that I just, that's what it was. And I remember the day when I walked out in it. Mm. And I'm like, I was a little kid, maybe about five, between five and six. And I remember walking out of this happiness and I couldn't explain it. You know, I just knew like something just changed and I didn't like it. And that's when the, you know, the cravings in my heart kicked in and I'm like, I don't know what I'm searching for, but I'm searching for something internal. It ain't happening synagogue. Goodbye. Okay. I go to college and uh, what happened is that there was a TV show called Kung Fu with David Carradine that used to show on the States and it was about Buddhism and martial arts. Yeah. And it was like, they had cool guys that seemed to have it all together. And I'm like, I'm going to become a Buddhist because those guys are cool, especially the guy with the white eyes. And you know, he was like the kindest student. I'm like, I want that kindness. Yeah. So I'm like, seems to be there. And you learn, you know, you learn how to do all the breaking boards. I'm like, okay, cool. So I go to Ohio State and uh, because I was going to learn about God, I was going to figure him out. I was, so I became a philosophy major at Ohio State. Took all the courses in like just a few semesters and just totally wrecked myself. Uh, I found out about beer and pot and uh, working as a DJ at the college radio station. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm in love. And so I flunked out of Ohio State, go to Kent State University. Oh yeah, it was a speed of light. It was like right after Animal House. And I'm like, oh, it was not a pretty picture. But I accidentally get into tv production and i loved it it was it was something that i really enjoyed so i go to kent state university because they have a very good program there and when i'm there they have an experimental college that uh is zen meditation and i'm like what i can get credit for being and learning this zen stuff like i'm in now, mind you, during this time, I was 
I was really finding my way into a beer bottle or into a bong, into a part in the hippie scene. And when I met, uh, there was a real Zen master, white dude, uh, Tim McCarthy from Cleveland, Ohio. And he was a real Zen master. What happened is that I see the experimental college, Zen meditation, Tim McCarthy, I go up to him, I'm like, hey, are you enlightened? And he looks at me and he goes, yeah, I am. The weird thing is, in that moment, when I asked him, I could see it in his eyes, like I cornered him, and when he said yes, I'm like, all right, this dude's got something. And I was one of his first students, and I latched on to him like a pit bull on a pork chop. I was like, I want what you got. Yeah. So I, I learned meditation. Uh, we started a Zen house, which was a bunch of college students who were into Zen meditation, and we sat, we, you know, and we had what they call them Dharma talks, which basically are sermons. And I learned about Buddhism, which was uh, duality is, uh, is the enemy. It mm. is, there, it, in a nutshell, all things are causation, the problem of causation. And in Soto Buddhism, in Buddhism in general, you want to get away from birth, death, rebirth, causation by uh, enlightenment, which is a non-attachment to this world, and then thereby being non-attached, you see the, the, the duality and the karma that is that you're locked into that you want to get out of, which is nirvana. But however, you don't want to be attached to nirvana because that in itself would be attachment. Right. Circular. So I was searching for God in a place where there was no God. And I'm like, you just have to stare at a wall until you figure it out. Yeah. And everybody was welcome. It didn't matter if you were Jewish, Catholic, Protestant, whatever. Satanist. I mean, you, it's it's weird. You could be anything because there was no God. There was no not God. Right. That was the that was the um, attraction for me uh, when I was in New Age and I was practicing meditation. Um, I could do whatever I wanted to do as long as I sat quietly and tried to detach from the things that I was attached to. When you're you're in it, it 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 seems like so right and it, yeah. and it and it it seems like it makes sense yeah right but you know when you when you come to faith in jesus and he and he puts his spirit in you all of a sudden it becomes obvious what was going on so continue okay so i really am searching for god and by the way and i'm not hacking on the the community as a whole but there's some crazy in there i mean i i've learned about the zen masters and the disassociate you are you are able to do what you want because there's really no moral structure that is right. set in stone. Yeah. And so there were some there was moral dude, there was some jacked up stuff that I saw. I don't know how to put it properly, and I'm not gonna be vulgar, but I saw people sleeping with people that ought not be sleeping with them. I saw them treating people and being treated in a way that I'm like, okay, this doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. But it's the Zen master, or it's Buddhism, or it's the way, or it's, you know, it's... So those things were kind of creeping in. I was seeing some things, but I didn't have a higher standard to judge it by. Mm -hmm. So I'm getting into Buddhism. I'm teaching classes. I'm also at this time... Now, I'm having these spirits. I'm, I'm encountering spirits. I don't know they're spirits. I just know I'm encountering stuff, and it's really bad, and it's causing me physical pain. And I thought that was biological entities, uh, or I'm sorry, biological occurrences like migraines. And but I was picking them up because I was also getting into Reiki. I was getting into Native American shamanism, smoking a lot of weed, doing LSD and other stuff, trying to contact spirits. And I was starting to contact them. And I was thinking, great, I made it. Right, I'm becoming someone. Yeah, you're making progress. Right. Now, mind you, it's anything except Jesus. Now, anything goes. Right. I meet a girl, and she's doing music festivals, and we start living together. And 
And I, as I go out to these music festivals, I'd meet people, talk about God, do shaman stuff. And sometimes stuff would happen. Um, I would hear voices, even when I was sober, I'd, you know, I hear voices um, like, okay, here's one. I was in a car with four people. There's a truck driver, a big guy driving the, the car. And all of a sudden, and there's there are two up front, three in the back, a mom in the middle, and I just ate a big old wad of pot because I couldn't smoke it in the car, and it was just starting to kick in, and I was feeling really bad. The car starts shaking, like left to right. Windows are going up and down, and I'm looking at the radio, and like in the movie Ghost, it just turns on, and the Battle Hymn of the Republic comes on, like it's an old Southern song, and I'm like, okay, and I'm just, and then it stops, and then it got real quiet in the car, and I'm like, well. That was something. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's Myrna. She's a ghost. She hangs out with us. And I'm like, okay, you know, so there's Myrna and there's ghosts. And I'm ratcheting up. I'm, I am, I'm like, I'm loving it. I am, I'm like, okay, we're talking, we're making contact. And then what happens is that I meet uh, at one of these hippie music festivals, pop festivals. Uh, I set up my tent, a vending tent, and then next to uh, a girl named Jennifer. Uh, Jennifer, who's now my, still my friend after 23 years, and she'll be watching this. She was on ass. You know, I'm not using your last name. She'll be like, yeah, I was. And so she's on acid, tripping, and I'm a high Buddhist powwow wannabe shaman, and we start talking about God. And she goes, you know, you're going to hell, right? And I'm like, what? You know, I'm high, and you're on drugs, and you're telling me I'm going to hell? But the way she did it, yeah, it was, it was, but the way she did it was with, it was with truth and kindness at the same time. I can't explain it to you. It's like having your best friend going up to you going, you know you're crazy, right? Yeah. And, yeah. Like, and so she does that, and I'm like, how? Why? And she starts giving me the gospel and what it is is god set this up so that i could meet someone who's going to save me because she never deviated from the gospel she even admitted to me you know like she she goes i know i'm a mess and she goes i'm one of his rotten kids and he's just gonna have to straighten me out mm. and she goes and i miss him mm. and the moment she goes and I miss him. It was like something grabbed her heart and she stopped. And then it was at the evening. I'm like, I looked at her and this beautiful blue light surrounds her eyes like glasses. And I'm like, I'm high, but I've never, you know, I ain't that high. And this is, this is off grid. Hmm. And this beautiful blue light surrounds her eyes. And then one tear just comes down her cheek. And I'm like, it was one of the most beautiful things I'd ever seen. And that's when I think that was my first tipping point where I'm like, okay, maybe this Jesus guy ain't so bad. At that moment, I didn't know what I was thinking and feeling, but I knew something beautiful was occurring. And that anyone, everyone recognizes love. Everyone responds to love. And the more you're lost, purge, or dark, the more you appreciate it. And sometimes the smallest light in the darkest place can make the most powerful impact. Yeah. Um, I just want to insert that many people, and maybe some of you that are watching, think that you have to clean yourself up first before you come to Jesus. And it's actually the opposite. Uh, he wants us to come to him where we are. And, and some people might say, oh, you know, a girl on acid sharing the gospel, that's not, it can't be real, right? <laughs> God wouldn't work that way, but he sure does. I mean, I've, I've heard so many stories where people, people come to faith in the worst circumstances, um, you know, where, where they're in a place where, you know, they go to see a, some sort of um, mystic or some sort of um, sorcerer, fortune teller. And end up being led to the Lord by the fortune teller. You know, they, they give <laughs> tellers something, you know, and we're told not to go to the fortune tellers. We're told not to, to deal with those kinds of things. Yet people get saved in the most interesting ways. <laughs> it's amazing. 
You're exactly right. He meets us where we're at. He is love. This is, I hated him mm. with my heart, mind, soul, and body. I used to, when I was a kid, I used to go, you know, I used to think Christianity is the biggest hoax on the face of the planet. It's the biggest, it's the best scam ever. Yeah. I was like, way to go, Jesus, you're the best scammer. Now, I used, I've repented since then and I've met the guy and I like him, but I used to go, I wish I could have nailed your boy up myself. I was that guy. You know, I, I think I cracked him up when he saved me because he's like that one, the one that hates me. You know, it, he meets us completely. I think it's to his honor and his credit. And yeah. Because yeah. he, he, he loves us. You were telling and me how, yeah, you were telling me how it changed you. Mm -hmm. Okay. You want, okay. Do you want the, the Saul de Paul story? You know, like the moment in the dirt field? Well, I mean, you you were one way. Yes. High. Oh yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah. Zen Buddhist. Oh yeah. I was it. I was I was that guy. And then I hear the gospel from Jennifer over that uh, started in September and by October, uh she had painted me into a corner because when I heard the gospel it was making sense. It's not that complicated. And she used the argument on, on me like this. And she goes, you're a Buddhist. I'm like, yes, I am. And she goes, you believe in reincarnation? I'm like, yes, I am. She goes, well, good. Why don't you give your heart to Jesus this lifetime? If it doesn't work out, you can go back to Buddha. And I'm like, all right, not bad. That was pretty good. And I'm like, I really believe this stuff. Let's, what's a lifetime for a friend? Okay, I'm in. So I'm like, now I do the Jesus prayer. Lord, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. Forgive me my sins. And I said it just about, I was like, with that, I'm like, Nothing happened. And then that was in September. And then it was November. It was like the second week in November 1999 in the middle of the dirt field. I remember going, this is the day I'm going to press in and find out what this is all about. And to make a very long story short, I felt him stick his finger into my heart, spin it around. It was gentle. It was loving. I could have stopped at any moment, but I in the drug world, the expression is you bought the ticket, ride the ride. Just hold on. And so I'm like, okay, let's do this. And I let him in. And the best I could describe it, it was like a pebble dropping into a puddle, just a kaplunk. But when it, I allowed him in and that kaplunk happened, it was like a fire hydrate cap busted off and water just come gushing out. And it was power and love. And it was overwhelming. Freaked me out. No warning label. It was sci-fi. It was everything I'd ever wanted in anything, in any drug. In one instant, I was higher than any trip. Mm. I was in other realms. I was, it was power. And then all I can say is God with the big G showed up. It wasn't good buddy Jesus, it was the Lord. And like there was nothing around me that changed, except it was funny, it was a blue sky, and with only one little cloud, it was like a a, a little angel, like on a trumpet. I was like, yeah, that's cool. Um, but when I say God with the big G showed up, it was the Spirit of God himself showed up, and it was uncomfortable because it was like I understood and felt at that moment he controlled every atom, every molecule, and the universe at the same time, and he was in control, and I'm not. And I wanted to hide under the dirt, but I knew he, he's there too. I didn't hide, you know? And I'm like, it was overwhelming. It was almost oppressive, if that... I don't want to give him a bad rap. It was just, my grid was blown. And this is when he made me into who I am today. And then the best I could describe it is like these coils of energy came up my legs. And at that moment, the world was a water balloon of laughter. And when those coils of energy hit my heart, I became the spout which the laughter came out. Hmm. I got, I mean, that you know, I was, I was impressed with where I was at. And then he kicked it up to another level where I was drunk and sober and high and lucid 
laughing in the presence of God. And I'm like, oh, I'm laughing in the presence of God and going to hell. And I'm like, no, I'm not. It's okay. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And that's that's amazing. Freaked me out. I, I bet. Mean, <laughs> I bet. You know, because, I, you know, me going through New Age and, and then coming to faith, it was like, is this just another one of my fantasies? You yeah. know, one of my, I hope, I, I, I believe it so it's true kind of thing. Yeah. And, and the proof was in the pudding because I became a different person and I didn't do it this time. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, well here's the thing. This is, all right, if this is the secret I wish everyone would know, especially the Jewish folk, us. Yeah. It's love. There is a love that is so satisfying that it's been 23 years. He's with me now. I feel him as we speak. He's never left me nor forsaken me. I have screwed up royally since I've been saved, and he's not left me. Yeah. And everything I was looking for in Judaism is fulfilled in him, and you don't stop being Jewish. You get to be fulfilled. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So, Ron, why are people, especially Jewish people, so attracted to Eastern mysticism these days, and, and how how is it taking them farther and farther away from God? The attraction... I'll be honest, there's something there in Eastern mysticism. If you're hungry, you're going to go wherever you think there's food at. Right. Or water. And, you know, I'll be blunt, Satan provides. He will give you, he'll give you, you'll scratch that itch. He will feed you food, but it will be poisoned. Mm. Satan is good at giving bad gifts. That's his delight. If, if he is all works, and what happens is that in Zen Buddhism, and, and I'll try not to hack the the Western world too hard, but as far as power, love, and a sound mind goes, you know that's in the te- you know in the New Testament. You don't see a lot of it in Christianity. And if you heal the sick, cast out demons, or raise the dead in the name of Jesus, you you'll be ostracized or called a liar. And it's not, when I was growing up, that was not heard of. And maybe you had healing televangelists. So you would have that kind of stigma. You're like, oh, you heal in the name of Jesus. How much money do you want from me? Yeah. There was power, but it was misrepresented, misused. And in Eastern mysticism, one, you get to do what you want. You get to smoke pot, sleep around, Yep. You know, you, you know, it's not so much there is Eastern mysticism, it's just not Jesus. And this is this is a scary one. We are all one. It is all not even relative. Okay, we're all one. There is no good and evil. And if there is, there's a cosmic balance that will get sorted out. And if not today or this lifetime, the next, and there's it's you get everything you want mm-hmm. when you want it, how you want it, without yeah. without any accountability. Exactly, exactly. That was the lure for me because um, I I knew God existed. I just didn't know who He was, and I wanted all the spirituality without any moral accountability. <laughs> and 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 I say that now because I can see it. But when I was in it, I didn't know that that's what I was doing. Right. I just right. said, "Hey, I'm spiritual, and I'm elevating myself to a higher plane." while I'm, you know, just wrecking other people's lives and doing what I wanted to do. You could wreck your, yourself, you can wreck yeah. others, and that's okay. Oops, my my karma ran over your dog. You know, it's right. like... The, right. the attraction is this, I think, one, okay, every human being, Jewish, not Jewish, everybody has a desire to know God. Mm-hmm. And has a desire to be loved and to be fulfilled, to have identity. And in New Age and Eastern mysticism, you can get that in Arpy and you don't, you know, you just, you can put on a robe and be a Swami in less than 15 seconds, you know? Right. It's just, you can, and you can get your own identity. And this is the real scary part is there are entities out there that are willing to help you. If right. you right. want to be a Swami, they're like, you're our guy. You know, guy or girl, if you're willing to just do what you want or what they say, they'll feed you. 
And like in Buddhism, it comes from um, Buddha, who was actually a prince who was very rich and he had a pregnant wife and then he lived a very cloistered life and then he saw over the wall or through a hole how there was pain and suffering and it bothered him and then to figure out life and pain and suffering he had left his wife to go figure out yeah, yeah. what you know like i'm gonna leave my pregnant wife and go figure out life i'm like okay there's your base route yeah and it's and you know what it is if you, if you look in 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 the lives of many people today a lot of people still actually live like that I'm going to follow my own uh, truth. I'm going to follow yes. my own path in the right. midst of complex relationships, yeah. in the midst of, of commitments and um, um, you know ties with other people, marriage, uh, parenthood. But I still want to do my own thing. It, it's happening still today. Yeah, actually, I think all right. I think Christianity is now, or Jesus is the visiting team i think christianity has left the building i think new age is going to be is either is at this moment the predominant player in the world or will be within 15 years because of the kids i mean if you talk about sin or right or wrong they'll be like eh. and if you talk about jesus most of them and i'm even talking about the kids in church they don't know anything you, you ask them about chakras uh tarot cards or ayahuasca they're like okay you know my higher power my higher self i'm like right they're seeking and they're making contact it's quick and it's easy there's no effort that's the attraction and now here's the thing that the jewish people are called not that we're better but we're called and satan hates us more maybe as much as any but it seems like it's a little personal and when i met him God, when I met Jesus, because I've met Satan and Jesus. When I met Satan when I was with the shamans, I didn't know it was Satan. I just thought it was God, and it was very oppressive, and I didn't like it, but that's just the way it was. When I met Jesus, it was fulfilling and everything I wanted, but nothing I had expected. I didn't expect it to be him to come. One, I didn't expect it to be him. Mm -hmm. I had been conditioned all my life to hate him on spot, like shoot on sight. Right. And then without the word of God, without with his spirit, which is love, you there are veils on our heart that you can't see through unless he removes them. Mm -hmm. Circumcised heart. That's it. It's, it is a hard heart. I think the world is getting a hard heart. They're deluded. It's and so we have moments like this where if you're Jewish and you hate Jesus more than any, but you're watching this. Oh, and by the way, I felt like a heretic when I said Jesus come into my heart. I'm like, I am a traitor. Guess what? That's actually Satan in us, manifesting yeah. his thoughts in us through us to the world, because he doesn't want us to be with him because he's a sore loser and he's taken as many kids as possible. But when I did say yes then jesus came in with his power and love and removed that veil gave me a new heart and it's been satisfying so i don't want to go back everything that oppressed me i got free of in about two and a half weeks wow and then the mind that i had broached a couple months it got i got a renewed mind mm. and so the 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 you can buy a pill and meet a god you can take ayahuasca lsd shrooms and you will go somewhere you will get into the presence of god like a thief and a robber you can break into his house but when you die and you go before him he's going to look at you and go he'll go who are you hmm. paul i know jesus i know but i don't know you get out you know i'm not trying to be mean but when you come in the name of jesus like hey i'm sorry i'm a mess he's like we're cool. Don't worry about it. Come on in. Yes. I'll heal you. That's that's the difference between the two. Yes. Yeah. So the lure the lure is strong when kids, especially these days, that are so it's it's so they're so um, occupied by uh, social media and they're so occupied by um, instant gratification that synagogue. <laughs> 
you know, I'm going to sit in synagogue and listen to you know, a bunch of people mumbling around and, and saying prayers that I don't understand. Yeah. You know, I'm going to go off and, and do my own thing and, and find God on my own. And that's what I did. And that's what you yeah. did. And uh, I appreciate you, uh, you getting into that. Thank you very much. One of my favorite Bible passages is from 2 Timothy 4, verses 3 through 4. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but will have itching ears. They will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. Yeah. You've seen and worked with a lot of youth. And... You know, they've had spiritual torment issues stemming from occult practices and the use of hallucinogens. Um, let's talk about um, the rise in the use of hallucinogens and why they're becoming so popular. Um, you know, why do you recommend so much against their use and trying to attain a higher spiritual state? Okay, first off, if you're watching and you want to dose, don't do it. I can tell you what tripping's like. Take a brick, soak it in water for 24 hours, and then just smash your head. Okay, that's just... That's what, all right, and I'm not trying to be me. The reason I would have you not do hallucinogenics to go to a higher spiritual state is as simple as this. Satan will give you a counterfeit that will kill you. When you go fishing, you have a lure. You have to have a lure that looks like food. Mm. And in that fake food there is a hook and hallucinogenics are the bait they are what happens is that you will get what you want for a price and and I, i'm going to make this so that anyone can watch but you can go to vegas and get what you want for the right amount of money doesn't yeah. make it right and it doesn't make it good or wholesome or pure or lifelong. That's what hallucinogenics are. Adultery in the Old Testament is when uh, the children of Israel would worship other gods. You know, and so this is you are worshiping other gods, even if you don't know it. Yeah. Well said. You, okay, so you are opening yourself up improperly to the divine you're jumping over the wall metaphorically speaking where yes you can break into a house and you can experience the house and you can live there for a while but when the owner shows up they have every right to arrest you and prosecute you and go yeah hallucinogenics will get you into the spiritual realms there are different realms out there, and all of them mean you harm. They want to send you, they want you to get in the car with them, and you know they know they're going to be busted, and when they go down, they want to take you with them, and this is how it's going to happen. You'll meet other entities, and they'll go, oh, you're a Palladian, oh, you're a reincarnated shaman, oh, I, you know, I, I am an outs, you know, I am whatever spirit it is, and I will talk to you. And what happens is that it's intriguing, it's enjoyable. It can be oddly loving, but again, it's like going back to Vegas. You know, you might think it's love, but when the money runs out, <laughs> you, you know, well so, so what happens is that you will get deceived. Now, now here's the thing, what people don't know that, that want to trade, uh, or do shamanic rituals, whatever, that get you in different realms, Jesus will take you there by his spirit while you're sober and you can come and go. And what happens is that, like I told you in the other interview, there was a time when I said I was a happy child and there was a time when I stepped out of this moment of happiness. It was between five and six and I couldn't articulate it, mm. and I was sad. And what it was is, what I, after I received Jesus, I realized it was Him that I walked in and out of. It was Him. It is. It doesn't. Well, I was going to say He doesn't show up like a guy, but sometimes He does. But what it is is, our hearts encounter Him 
the realms that we, you get into with drugs can happen. Like even now, as I talk to you, his love is within me and with me and many others, and I can encounter him. And these are the realms you're seeking. I don't need to dose. And when you dose, it destroys your mind. Eventually you have to do more. And then the information you get, you can't hold on to because you have to integrate, but you forget what you've received. And then you have to dose again. Right. And it will always lead you away from the singularity of Jesus. Mm. Now, if you dose after listening to this and you run into Satan and you run into ultimate evil, remember this, call on Jesus. He's cool with you. He is a lifeguard and an fire extinguisher, and he doesn't have a bad attitude. Even if you're coming to him and you're going to die, if the last thing you say is, Jesus, forgive me, He's cool with you. I don't want you to base jump and pull the chute before you hit. But one of my friends who she actually became the Sunday school teacher, uh, she was dying and she was sliding down the girl's bathroom. She just goes, Jesus, forgive me. And then she dies and then she come back. So here's my point. Don't do it because it's a trap. Yeah. It will lead you into the philosophy that we're all one. There's a causation that, you know, it's a unity, like a unified field that we go back into, like a drop of water, and we're becoming the cosmic one. And that's not true because when we die, you find out what is true and real. Whether you yeah. think it or not. I remember, Ron, um, sitting in front of two gentlemen. I had, I had, I think I'd, I'd come to faith about a year prior. And um, I was working in a company where everybody was involved in uh, Eastern mysticism and New Age, and um, the two guys I was sitting with uh, were talking about how everybody is God. And I said, I'm not God. <laughs> and, and one of the gentlemen said, ah, separation. What? And, that, and, and, and that's to your point. You know, he says, oh, separation, oh, no. oh, the separation yeah. mentality. And to your point, um, the idea was that we are all one, and if you say that you're not part of that one, then you're separate from this cosmic godliness that everybody is supposed to be a part of. Yeah. And it was the first time I could actually look at people and say, hey, I'm not God. Wow, good for you. <laughs> well, I was convicted, man. <laughs> yeah, well, with when I, when I was in Buddhism, it wasn't so much that we were all God, it was like there was no God and no, not God, and there it's like you're a drop of water going back into the ocean. Now what I see with the kids, and this is what's scary, because it'll, it might cause schizophrenia, yeah, or at least mental illness, is when you become God, you become responsible for all your own sin and reparation mm. and making it work, and dude, you can't juggle that many balls. Eventually, no. you will lose your mind. Yeah, you'll break, you'll break. Yeah, under and pressure. that's what I think, and anxiety, fear, depression, when yeah. I was ministering to the kids, that's what they were dealing with. Yep. Yeah, man. Yeshua is the way. Yeah. So we've talked about the trappings of new age spirituality and the occult um, and how to use uh, the use of hallucinogens is on the rise as people yeah. are trying to escape reality and find peace. And if you haven't seen those episodes, go check them out. Um, if these things are wrong, according to the Bible, which they are, what is the right way to live our best lives as Jews and serve God in a way that's pleasing to him? The best ways as Jews to serve God, and I'll put others, it becomes, for me, it becomes incredibly simple, is you love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and you love your neighbor as yourself. If you do that, you're going to be okay. Now, as a Jewish person, like salvation does not come with a ham sandwich. Mm. You don't have to give up okay i was reformed i was i was not orthodox i wasn't i wore a yarmulke i got bar mitzvah that was it i love bacon now yeah. but my friends who uh let's say they're orthodox would not because there are some everyone there are a variety of people getting saved if you keep the law if you keep whatever it is you've been keeping but you do it with love it becomes a joy and not a drudgery it is when i was in buddhism it was you had laws and you had structure 
and there was no love. In Judaism, I had law and structure, principles. They were good, but no love. Mm -hmm. With Jesus, you start with love, and from it, it is the gas that makes the engine work right. Yeah. Then you can do, then do be who you want to be that's normal, reasonable, and good as a, as a Jewish person and to have joy in every one of those moments. The Old Testament tells of him. The Old Testament right. isn't burnt, it's just he's here. So in, in and with that love, with that understanding, that presence, be, you know, manifest the Judaism. I'm not. I don't. I don't know how to read Hebrew. I would. I can barely speak English. But that's another thing. Feed water with the love of God, and then let your light shine through it. Because yeah. then, okay, I'm gonna be real blunt. I hang out with a lot of Catholics, and I love them, and they're good. And there's some spirit-filled Catholics, uh, Father. Matthias Thielen and uh, encounter people, and they're good people. When I go there, I can heal the sick, cast out demons, raise the dead in his name. And they have a Catholic structure that is very regimented, that reminds me of Judaism, that in some places it's very dry, no love. Jeez, you know, I'm not saying they're not saved, it's just very dry. With the people that I know that are spirit-filled, that are Catholic, I like them. Mm-hmm because they have that love now with the jewish people in indiana there's a messianic congregation that i've uh rabbi jeff adler the dude is about six foot something like six foot five and nothing but love mm-hmm. i mean he smiles all the time i'm like that's my guy you know he understands he came to faith because he had the scriptures of isaiah in his head mm-hmm. going what's going on here meets God, and now the Messianic congregation, it is with joy. Joy can be felt, it can be shared, it's love. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I grew up uh, as a as a conservative-slash-reformed Jew, yeah. and um, I, like you, after I had my bar mitzvah, I just cast it all away. I didn't, I didn't want it anymore. Yeah. But yet, when I found Yeshua and He saved me and put His Spirit in me, yeah. All of a sudden, I had a not only a passion for the Old Testament, for the Hebrew Scriptures, to read them daily. Mm-hmm. I felt more Jewish than I ever had before. So, <laughs> I think the point here is that when you, as a Jew, when you put your faith in in Yeshua, yeah, in Jesus, you don't stop becoming Jewish. Right. You don't like you said. It, you don't need to to all of a sudden eat a ham sandwich. Right. You know, you can continue to wear your your kippah. You can continue mm-hmm. to go to to synagogue, right? You can continue to to um, observe Pesach and Shabbat and and be Jewish. Yeah, you know totally. Jesus is is he makes he he is the fulfillment of what it it is that we've been looking for as Jews this whole time. Yeah, I would add for me if someone would have just said, "Listen, you're not a traitor. You are." becoming fulfilled in your faith one thing it is for me that was some trepidation is like it reminds me of vegas with roulette it's black or red like you you call on a name you get what you you know where you you're going to get what you what you put your money on yeah and it's scary because i thought i was it's like i'm playing with hell you know as much as i was a heathen i was like okay this is it's getting real it's not fake. Yeah. It's not. I mean, not every Christian is perfect, but a lot of them. There's some good ones, and you don't lose your salvation. You actually gain it, and it has not. It's not been represented a lot, at least where I'm at, and it wasn't represented to me properly until I really reached my bottom when I was at my lowest point when I knew I had to change. And then when I got filled with the Spirit, actually even beforehand, when I gave my heart to God, I'm like, what got me, what changed my heart, was when Jesus was getting grilled by the Pharisees, they go, are you the Christ? He goes, all right, read only this. He goes, the Lord said to my Lord, 
sit in my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. He goes, okay, how's that that David is saying it to his Lord? And, you know, it was us. It was a weird syllogism. How is David the son of God and yet a child of God? And they go, uh, we don't know. He goes, until you tell me, <clears throat> I ain't talking. Bye. <clears throat> and that's when I'm like, huh, he figured it out. All right. That was my toehold into Christianity. That was my moment. That was mm. the moment where I'm like, okay, as a Buddhist, I'm thinking, well, it's not that unreasonable for me. You know, and I'd seen weird miracles from Satan. Like, it's not that unreasonable for me to believe that the universe can have a son. I'm like, all right, I've seen cars levitate. You know, let's mix up some chromosomes. What's the difference? So I'm like, okay, I can believe this. And that was my introduction. If you want to talk to a Jewish person about Jesus, Go to the Old Testament. Stay there. Use yeah. the Psalms because no matter now, this is a funny thing. No matter how Jewish you are, you will never. Re, you know, we're anti-Jesus. You'll never reject David. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I, I was I was going to say something along those lines. Of if you're if you're Jewish, even if you're you're not Jewish, open the the Old, the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures, read through them, and look at them at their face value because Jesus is all over it. Yeah. And and you may not see it right away, but he's there. And you know, if you look at at um, you know, for instance Isaiah 52 yeah. verse 13 through Isaiah 53 verse 12, yeah. you know, <laughs> who who else could it be? Right. And you look at passages like Jeremiah 31 for I will bring a new covenant to the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not like the covenant that I uh, made with their fathers when I took them by the hand out of Egypt, which was the Sinai covenant. I'm going to give a new covenant. And so he's, and in the Psalms, like you said, he's all there. So open our Hebrew scriptures yeah. and read through them. And you'll see if you look, if you read them as a narrative that contains laws, you'll be able to understand it much more than just a law book. Right. I would, I would add it's double dog, dare Jesus to show up to you. Ask Jesus, as you're reading, to reveal the scriptures to you. Ask him, like, hey, if you're real, would you help yeah. me? I know a lot of people that, that came to faith because of that question. Really? You know, if you're real, show yourself to me. Yeah, I know. yeah that's cool, because he's, yeah. he's a nice guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, amen. Wow, thanks, Ron. That was great. I really enjoyed uh, this conversation. Thank you so much for for being here on the uh, Jews for Jesus YouTube channel. It's been fun. It's a great time. God bless you. And I'll see you. Bye-bye. If you like this kind of content, please hit the thumbs up button and subscribe to the channel. If you hit the notification bell, you'll be notified when new videos come out. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. The links are in the description. And if you'd like to chat with us live and even do that anonymously, you can go to JewsForJesus.org and may you all find peace life and joy in Yeshua the Messiah. God bless you.